Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call. Get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring, boring, boring. Hey, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. There's Salt Lamakia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. All right, baseball isn't boring, even when. The free agent well runs dry, almost runs dry. There's still a little water left in the aforementioned well. And that's why we have our guy, Ed Hand, who's more important than ever. Ed, you are more important than ever because it's easy to pick through the top 25, the top 30, the top 40. But now we get to the brass tacks of the guys who are going to have an impact or potentially have an impact on the fringes of the roster. The free agents, the diamonds in the rough, the guys who is like, I can't believe he signed so late. What a steal. Um, there's still guys out there in the free agent market, and you're the guy to point these teams in the right direction. You there's no pressure, no pressure, but you're we're counting on you. We're really, really counting on you to steer us in the right direction. Oh man, that's all that I you know you're saying that there's not a lot of pressure. I'm mm. feeling it a little. Don't I feel gotta it. spin my wheel here uh, of uh, of positions. <laughs> what uh, what position do you th- I, like? I feel like I need to have that. And just just whatever one comes right. up. What, what, what yeah. do you okay, want all right. Well, Rob? this 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 spin the wheel of uh, who's left in the free agent market. Okay, um, I will start with uh, outfielders because outfielders are always the sexiest uh, of all the free agents. And um, and when we started this free agent journey there really wasn't a whole lot of outfielders to begin with. So now this is going to really, really test what you have left. Is there anything left when it comes to outfielders? Surprisingly, yes. It's one Ooh. of the few positions that there actually are a couple of guys that are there. All right. Who who we got? Uh, well, the first one is Jerkson Profar. Okay. Who, who, can move, um, who can move around. He can do a lot of different things. So I was surprised to find that he only played left field last year. He Did he, um, really? to, uh, he came up an infielder, but the only thing he was playing last year was the outfield. He um, came up a shortstop. Yeah, right? yeah. He played. I remember him being a second baseman. That's what I think of him as. But yeah, he's a pure outfielder, at least from what he did last year. That's how the Padres used him. 
Oh, okay. And you know, it's funny because where did you have him ranked in your rankings when the when the free agent uh, season began? Oh gosh, I believe he was number thirty-two. Oh, so he was okay. I wanted to know if he was in the top forty. It's he. Who do you have? This is a question I should ask out of the gate. Who do you have left? Who is your top guy left right now? Or top the top guy guys? Left? The top guy left, number one, um, is Michael Waka. Michael Waka. What is he, 20, high 20s? He is 23. Oh, 23. Okay. I had him a little higher than others and apparently a little higher than some big league GMs did too. So, <laughs> you know, he could have easily fallen in the uh, in the late 30s too, but I like him. I think he's um, a re- he's reliable and that, um, for me, that is worth quite a bit. But um, <laughs> after him, the next guy left is is pro far at 33 and oh. uh behind him is another guy who can play the outfield and that's Trey Mancini. Oh, Trey okay so Trey Mancini is an interesting one because I think that a year ago or a year and a half ago you say oh well you know he's going to be much higher thought of as as a really going to be have a pretty decent free agent hall but you know not the case. he gets lost in the shuffle. I mean a couple of years this is Trey Mancini was a legit legit like sort of he was the one guy on the Baltimore Orioles roster that people actually knew. I, I think that that was his claim to fame. I think he put it on his LinkedIn page. I'm the one guy that people know on the Baltimore Orioles roster. But then he goes to Houston and he's sort of, eh, you know, it's it's a nice acquisition. I'm sure the Orioles are going to look back and look, it's like, oh, that was a great trade for us. But, you know, I think that that guy, I would like to have that guy on the team. I, I think he's a good guy, a good clubhouse guy. I think he still has something left. Give me Trey Mancini. I'll give. I'll take. I'll go this far, Ed. Give me Trey Mancini over Jerks and Profar. Boom! I said it. There you go. Interesting. And I, you know, I think that there's a case for that. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's versatile. He plays multiple positions. You can put him in first base, put him in right field, and put him in left field. So you have a few spots for him there. He's got power too. So that's yeah. something that, you know, you need that home run hitter. He's someone that uh is la- I'm surprised that he's lasted this long, honestly. He, he's the he's basically what he is, he's he's the Jorge Alfaro of, of outfielders in the uh, first baseman, right? Yeah, yeah. He somehow snuck through all of this. And I'm glad, you know, that was our first episode. You, you asked me one guy who right. uh who I think is uh slipping through the cracks, and I said Jorge Alfaro and He's still flipping through the cracks. And by the way, he liked the tweet. Like he knows that, that he is he, he is on our radar and he is part of our family. He is our pick to click still. So whoever wherever he signs, Jorge Alfaro may be playing for Lisse. Was he playing for Lisse right now? Yep. Doing the bat yep. flip for Lisse. Yeah, Dominican with, with, Winter League. Yeah. yeah, with his like shirt unbuttoned to his belly button, you know, with chest hair flying all over the place with a head of hair like like a lion's mane. And by does, you know, does no matter, he kind of look? What does he kind of look like? He should be like uh, he should be fighting crime in the eighties or something. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Like yeah, like uh, Miami Vice. Yeah, he, he would make a great, great guy in the background of a Miami Vice like bust like that. That yes, absolutely. Congratulations, Jorge Alfaro. <laughs> you may not have a major league team right now. But you you have been identified as a great great uh, uh, extra on a Miami Vice episode. So I, I'm I'm all with you. Like though, it's this is the thing is that teams still need hit guys who can hit the ball out of the park. Although I wonder this, Ed. Here's a question for you: that 
there was there's this sort of like I feel like there's going to be a trend more toward making contact than there has been in years past. And I don't know if we've talked about this, but because of the lack of shifts, because if you look at the World Series, this is how the Astros sort of won. Um, you know, and I guess in that respect, like who would be some of the guys that you like you might say, okay, you know, that guy can put the ball on play. Oh man, that's uh, that's a very good point too because it's also uh, speed guys. I think well, you'll see that yes. somebody like Jose, somebody like Jose Iglesias who uh, quietly has been a pretty solid hitter. He hit two ninety two last year, thirty doubles. Doesn't strike out much. Um, that's a guy that could have some value with that. He can steal a couple bases for you. He'll play a good defense, shortstop, second base. You know, there's there's definitely uh, a spot somewhere for him. The weird thing about Iglesias, and I know that we've talked about him before, is that in Elvis Andrews, our other shortstop guy, he's still out there, correct? So yep, Andres is still out there too. Yep. So, but the weird thing about Iglesias is, you're right. I mean, he. You think that he sort of revitalized his career and he went to Colorado, had a good offensive year. But, you know, it's like when you revitalize your career in in Colorado, it's unfair to the player, but it's a reality. Like, whoa, did they really? You know, what does that really look like? But I think that I do think that Iglesias has figured some things out. I think he's going to be, listen, he's not going to get a big contract. If he gets a two year contract, I mean, if he gets a two year contract, he's doing good for himself. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know if he ever has, even when he's been one of the better players at the position in that class, even after he hit what three seventy he hit something like three seventy two in the shortened season with the Orioles and he got a one year deal after yeah. that. Yeah. And so it, it, but it is interesting. We in Cueto obviously came off the board. Another guy got kind of diamond in the rough. He's coming off the board, he's going to the Marlins. But these two guys, some of these guys that we have been talking about, Elvis Andrews and Jose Iglesias, they're still out there. And they were two guys in 2022 that undeniably helped their team. Like, I mean, Andrews, once he joined the White Sox, he helped the White Sox, but undeniably helped their team. So I, the lesson to be learned here is that the guy, look at the guys that we're mentioning, Profar, um, Mancini, Iglesias, Andrews, you know, Waka, all these guys, we can crap on the free agent market right now, but those guys – are important guys to a team. They were important guys to the teams they left behind, right? Oh, absolutely. And these are guys that at the trade deadline, if they're available, you're selling a pro- – you, you know, you might sell a top-10 prospect for one that's of these That's another guys good system. point. That's another po- – yes, absolutely. And that's and that's how they should think. Sign them to a one-year deal or whatever it is. You know, do the old Rich Hill to Pittsburgh deal, right? So, yeah. I mean, th- th- there's a the value to that. Yeah. And that goes, we haven't even talked about that. There are still three, there are a few pretty decent lefties still there in the, for relievers. Um, in Matt Moore. And these are the guys, you know, we talked about these guys already. How is Andrew Chafin still available? Right. Right. And, and especially when, you know, when the free agent market started out of the gate, there was like, I taught, here comes the relievers. The relievers were the first to get the contracts. And it's just weird that you have some guy sort of left over, whether it's Waka, whether it's those lefty relievers. And now we're sitting here in, in January, in the middle of January, right, really, and he's still like, they're still holding out. And I got a feeling that the agents are sitting there and saying, okay, you know what? We rode the first wave of free agency. Now we're going to, now we think that it's thinned out. Now we're going to take advantage of it. But are you? Like, are you really? Like, because now, Ed, 
we, you know, I think it gets into trades. Teams are like, okay, we're going to, we, we've identified the guys that are going to be important. Now the next wave is going to be trades. And then the next wave is maybe signing these guys. It'll be interesting to me to see if these guys actually get deals, get like as good a deals as the, the guys before them are getting. I don't know. I mean, it's been a weird creation market. That's why we're doing these podcasts, right? So, yeah, no, it really, it really has been. And there are guys that I thought for sure would be getting major league deals that I think might have to settle for minor league deals. Um, one guy that comes to mind with that is, uh, Rymel Tapia, Ooh. um, the outfielder who, you know, didn't do a bad job with the, with the Blue Jays. Seems like he'd be the nice larger part of a platoon, but you know, somebody with his skill set where it's kind of an empty batting average, people aren't going to be paying top dollar for that. And you know, you'd think maybe that there would be a fourth third outfield job firm somewhere he might have to settle for uh for a minor league deal that he has to earn his uh 26 man spot in spring training they're going to be guys like that well we're sitting here and here's the weird thing now that correa is off the board thank you for ending the carlos correa saga oh our long national nightmare is over yeah please can we erase like every single podcast that we did that we mentioned <laughs> carlos correa I, mean, I don't think either of us had the twins for that one. No, and and, and honestly, we did a betting isn't boring podcast with our, our uh, betting expert Jonathan Papelbon, and uh, he he was guaranteeing his his betting lock of the day was that Carlos Correa was going to pass his physical with a Met. So, um, <laughs> hey, listen, it doesn't matter if you're right as long as you're entertaining. But none. Of, so you have all these guys off the board. Is there nobody's? I mean, maybe why I was gonna say nobody's gonna get a three year contract. But the guys left. Maybe Waka. Maybe maybe like he's Waka. still young. He's still young enough. So it may yeah. But nobody maybe else. Profar, maybe because he's uh, I think about thirty also. But for the most part, we kind of we kind of seen the end of that. I think. Yeah. That's that seems weird too. So who do you got left? We mentioned who in your top fifty. Besides, is there anybody else that we didn't mention? So you had Waka, you had Profar, you had Mancini. Anyone else left in the top fifty? Uh, it's not. You know, it's Mike Michael Fulmer, the relief pitcher, Matt Moore, um, and, and, and I think I mentioned Chafin. Those are the only other guys in the top fifty. Top fifty. Okay. All right. Well, I don't think any of those guys are getting three-year contracts, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, relievers were getting big deals. Maybe Chafin. Maybe that's why he hasn't signed, just because he's holding out for that. He did turn down his option with um, the Tigers to go into another year of free agency, so it could be that he's trying. He's holding out for that long-term deal, but... I mean, that's – and he's been very good the last two years, but he's also a reliever and he's in his 30s. So, yeah. you know, how many of those guys are getting – people aren't lining up to throw three-year deals at them exactly. Okay, here's the fun game we're going to play. Ed Han, GM, baseball's and boring GM. We're the expansion franchise. We beat out Nashville. Baseball's and boring. It encompasses the entire world. The world is our fan base. So you have been named GM. You have to field a team with what's left of the free agents. Okay, this is a fun. This is a fun exercise. Oh, I like this. I like this. Okay, you, that means that means. I mean, basically, if this if, as an expansion team, the the team that you're going to come up with is going to actually look like probably like the Florida Marlins and the Colorado Rockies and these Arizona Diamondbacks did when they had this these awful expansion drafts. So, um, I like it. it's right. a throwback. It is. We're, well, yes, we've, we've paid a lot of money to get a franchise. Here you go. Catcher, first base. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy you some time here by naming all the positions. Yeah. 
Catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base, left field, center field, right field, designated hitter, one starting pitcher, one relief pitcher. All right, can you do it? Are you able to do it? All right, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. All right, catcher. Okay, so my catcher... My ca- you know my catcher. It's going to be Alfaro. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah. an easy one. It's an easy one. Um, first base, we're going to go uh, Mancini. Good one. I like yep. your team so far. I like, I'm like. i sorry. I like our team so far. Yeah. Yeah. Second base, curveball, Donovan Solano, 2020 Silver Slugger. Wait, wait. What position? Uh, second base. Second. Okay. I didn't hear the name. You just like, you were so excited about yeah, Solano. Like, I okay. love Solano. <laughs> all right. Okay. Second. All right. So second base. There you go. Uh, shortstop. We're going, uh, we need a little bit of more power in here. It's going to be tougher to find. So we're going on dress over Iglesias for shortstop. Ooh, okay. Wow. Ooh, man. Iglesias doesn't like you. He's mad. Uh, no, even though I ranked him substantially higher than, uh, but this is roster construction. We need a little I, bit more. We can't just have the, the high batting averages. I remember speaking of Iglesias being mad, it immediately rem- reminded me of, I went down the David Ortiz Celebrity Golf Tournament, always a great event for the David Ortiz Children's Fund. And Iglesias was down there and, um, and he was like, everyone's dancing by the beach and he's jumping up and down and jumping up and down. Literally like two weeks later, he has some like shin problem. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what yeah. cost it at least. I think that, but I do think you know at the the current iteration of Jose Iglesias, I think is much more mature. I think is is a part of a winning team. So good, for, good for Jose Iglesias. Yeah. But he's not on our team. He's a, so. he's a true veteran. He's he'll, a true he'll veteran. He'll land on his feet with another team. He's just not on team baseballs and boring. All right, third base. What do you yeah. got? Going to go Brian Anderson because as a bounce back candidate here. Okay. All right, Brian All Anderson right. off of the uh, the formerly of the Marlins um, hasn't been great the last two years, but before that he was a pretty decent twenty home run bet, two sixty average type. Good okay. defense could play the outfield in a pinch if you need him. All right, well, well, listen, I mean, this is the ultimate. This is the ultimate. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe these guys, <laughs> or perhaps we're, we're we're seeing these guys through the prism of we're seeing the best in them, not the worst. So we'll we're gonna see the best in Anderson. All right. So you have your your infield left field. Okay, left field. We're going pro far there. Okay, still still a solid team. I like a winning team. I also like the clubhouse dynamic. It's it's a good group. Yeah, good group Uh, of guys. Good group of great group of guys. All right, center field. What do you got? (sighs) Who's gonna cover the ground? Gosh, I don't know if he actually can do it, but I would love to see him try to. And that's Adam Duvall. Oh. All right. Gold glove, Wait. gold glove outfielder to Adam Duvall. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, All right. And then oh, right field. Right field. And this is entirely just, um, it, it's partially because I think that he's still got a little bit left in the tank. Another part is just leadership. And that's Andrew McCutcheon. Oh, that's a great, that, that's a great expansion draft pick. Great pick. Yeah. He's the it's, team captain. Is he is the team captain, and yeah, so I like I like your team. So who do you guys as a starting pitcher? Um, did I say I think I have to say DH? I'm doing Gary Sanchez also. Oh, that's the other one there. Oh, DH. That, that who, do, who do you get yeah. for DH? Gary Sanchez. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, where else are you going to put him? Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's worth it's, it's worth a flyer. Why not? I mean, there's. Is there any, anybody else like who would fit a DH mode on this list? No, I mean not now that Cruz is signed with the Padres. Nah. Okay. 
right. I love the, I love Nelson Cruz. Sound is great. Yeah, one million dollars. Oh yeah, I mean, and you know what's also great, isn't he? He's managing a WBC team, right? Yep, he's managing, managing the. Yep. Ooh. Man. He could be, you know, no, he's, if he hadn't signed, he could be the player manager for uh, oh, the baseball oh, oh, team. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm going to ask you who you should manage the team. I mean, you can take anybody if you we like. we get to that, but, um, okay, but so, um, for pitching, yeah. Walker's the best pitcher left, but just for the fans, I'm going to have a future Hall of Famer, and that's Zach Grinke. Oh, oh. I still have, I know that he had a sort of a bounce back year a little bit, but I just have the image of him at the end of 2021, how bad he was. So, uh, but that's okay. That's good. I mean, if you, you it's for the fans, man, they're not going to win a lot of games yeah. compared to some of these uh, other uh, okay. teams. So you got to give them someone to. All right, you don't. Want, yeah, you don't want to waste your money on a good pitcher. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so all right. So who do you get for you? You, you have okay. Why don't we do this? One lefty reliever, one righty reliever. Okay. So the lefty reliever is going to be Andrew Chafin. Uh, okay. because he's far and away the best of the lefties available. But the righty, curveball, Alex Reyes. Ooh. We're going to aim for the mood on this one because that is that is the definition of high-risk, high-reward right there. That was um, an all-star. for He was the closer for the Cardinals back in, uh, I think it was was it 2021, I think. And then 2022 missed the entire season. Is he your closer? Yeah, he's going to be the closer. Okay. All right. Over Fulmer. Yeah, because okay. Fulmer's good, but I see him as more I see him as more of like a seventh inning guy. He's a good setup man. All right. Reyes, you have a potential if he's if he's right. I mean, you have a potential ace closer there. Okay. Before you pick your manager, and you can pick anybody, I don't care if they can be with a team. This is where we've allocated all our money to pry a manager away from somebody, some team to, to guide oh, our man. team. But if okay. before you do that. You have one more pick. One more pick to round out this roster. Who do you got? Oh, and it can be any position? Anything. Um. Well, I like the versatility for this team, so I'm going to go uh, Harold Castro. Okay. I like that. He's a batting like- average guy, added some power, plays every position. He can even pitch if you need him to as your mop-up guy. That's the perfect 26 guy on this team. Perfect, or whatever number it is. Yeah. So, all right, who do you want to manage? Any like any this is the this is the exercise. Like who does Ed Hand like as his manager? Uh, you know that Ooh. you know a big part of managing in baseball is that you have to have the right manager for the right group. This is we've seen multiple multiple examples. We're going to see if a Pedro Pedro Grafal is going to be able to be the right guy for the White Sox over Tony Russa. We've seen this a million times. For this group, you know the personalities. Who do you got? The homer in me really wants to say Alex Cora just because he makes the most out of what he has okay. pretty perpetually. That's um, fine. If you want to go with him, that's fine. But I kind of want to pick someone that doesn't have a team right now. So I'm just trying to think of, you know, Mattingly, I think would be a lot of fun with these Ooh, guys after his time pry, with the Marlins. You have to pry, pry him away from the, the team that we just beat out for the expansion uh, expansion team, Nashville. He's linked, linked up with Nashville. Well, you know, he's upset that he did that. He's all about the expansion. It doesn't matter where it is. He just I wants know. that that opportunity. So I think it, I think it's good automatically. All right. Okay, that's good. You know, I mean, it's hard to say if he's a good or bad manager, honestly. You know, it's it's like when you get in these teams that have no talent, it's 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 just it's impossible. I remember 
you know, and most of them have been cycled through the Marlins, but like for, or Brandon Hyde, you know, Brandon Hyde for the Orioles, you go through oh, yeah, what he went, went through. He's like, Oh, this guy stinks. And then last year, Oh my goodness. Actually, he's not bad. You just don't know. I mean, you have no idea. So, yeah. Well, that's actually, I got a question for you about that. Yes. And do you think with Hyde, do you think that it, the, the talent was always there and he just didn't have the players around him to display it? Or do you think he went through some growing pains and learned to become a better manager in his time with the Orioles? And that was I think it's probably both. I mean, I think it's probably both. I mean, it's, you know, when you're, I've seen managers come in and basically like, I'm going to change the world and you come in and you think you're going to do, but it's, it, it, with the Orioles, it's clearly, you know, they're, they finally found pitching talent. Now they're getting the young hitting talent. I mean, really, you just have to have the talent. You have, especially, you have to have the pitching. But uh, you you hit the nail on the head when it came to when it came to like Alex Cora or some of these other guys. For a manager, to me, it's are you getting the most out of your most important players? Like that's that's the thing because managing isn't like this isn't about bunting. It's it's somewhat about you know bullpen usage or whatever. But it's more of like just. Are you getting the most out of your most important players? And and that's literally managing over the course of six months, seven months. And um and and you know, so you know, that that is that's a very real thing. And and I also think that in this day and age, that you have to have a manager who is gonna be able to to communicate somewhat with the clubhouse. Now, what's interesting, Ed is that if you go to the postseason, look at the guys in the postseason, especially at the end, almost all veteran guys, like you, Rob Thompson. I'm like I'm not saying managerial experience, but older. Rob Thompson, Thompson, uh, Dusty Baker. Um, who am I? Who who? Uh, I'm drawing a blank now. Who else was in the final four? Phil, uh, uh, Aaron Boone. Uh, Aaron Boone. Yeah, so he's been around. Um. Uh, oh my goodness! Who's the Padres manager? Oh, Padres. Uh, Bob Melvin. Yeah. Right, Bob Melvin. Yeah. So, but I looked it up at one point, and it was like the average age of the the managers in the postseason was like fifty nine years old. And so, like, you think, oh well, you know, they they they're older, so you don't have to relate to the players. You don't have to go in the clubhouse, or you know, like I think that when Buck Showalter is a perfect example. Example of this. You think that Buck Showalter manages the same way now than he did when the last team is with? No, he, he doesn't. You ha, you have to change. You have to evolve. And um, so, in, in a big part of that too is the whole analytic thing. You know, how do you juggle that? How do you manage that? How do you communicate all that information? Um, as Joe Madden said on our podcast, he said, you know, when the problem is when the managers get to game time they have like 10 voices in their head and it can't be that way. You know, you have to really like siphon all that stuff out before the first pitch is thrown. It's managing is a tricky thing these days. I don't know, but I, I like your pick. I think because I do, I do think that Mattingly probably is a guy that has figured it out by now a little bit. So there you go. Congratulations. Yeah, and, you know, his expectations can't be super high after all that time with the Marlins. So, you know, no, and also, gonna... also with the roster you just constructed, the expectations can't <laughs> be high. Uh, no, actually, you did a good <laughs> job. You did an excellent job. All right. So uh, before we go, who um, who do you feel? Who do you feel 
is going to be next off the board. Who? What's your gut say? I mean, I'm talking ta- of your top fifty guys because it'd be you know there's too many free agents yeah. to say. But of your top fifty guys, who who do you feel? Um, Mancini, just because I've heard his name come up, though, if the Mets being a little interested in him, they need to they need to do something after the Korea stuff went down. So I think they'll they're hungry to make a move. So I could see Mancini going there. What's your what's your fielder. what what was your like guttural reaction to the Correa stuff? Like now that you sit back and you sort of soak it all in and have ridden that roller coaster a little bit, I'm interested. What do you what do you feel? A little anticlimactic. Yeah, you honestly, just, you went around the, the world and came back to the same place. Yeah, I'm kind of glad that he signed for six years just so we don't have to do this again next year. Um, but yeah, it's just a little anticlimactic. I'm happy for Twins fans. I'm very happy for Twins fans who basically, you know, they hadn't really been able to make that big of a splash. And, you know, this I feel like would re- really reinvigorates it for them having, well, yeah, you know, I mean, your shortstop come Yeah, back. they subtly, they, you know, they got Correa, I mean, they got Correa, they got Vasquez. You know, they have a, I think that they've, after, you know, they had obviously a good team, then they took a turn for the worse. And, I think they're positioned to have a pretty good, decent team, but it's uh, it's interesting because all I could think about was when the Mets, you know, when Stevie Cohen does the does the shock and awe middle of the night, yeah, we'll get Correa and sign him, and then he's like, oh, this was the last piece. This was the last piece. Well, you know, how do you like? Where do you go? Well, Steve, like, I don't know if you know this. If he was the last piece, you still you're missing a piece. Is it going to be Trey Mancini? I don't know. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's a piece that you can't just fill in with anybody. Like, no. there aren't that many Carlos Correa's and, out and there. And I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't know how you feel. I think that it was a luxury item. I feel like for the Mets, like, Correa was a luxury item. Yeah, I 100% agree. That was what I said was like, you know, Mets fans were upset about it. I don't, I don't feel bad for Mets fans. They got so many shiny new toys this offseason. They were yeah. already replacing um, Escobar, who they was one of the guys from last year that they brought in with, with him. So, you know, it's it's really not... The, the Mets are going to be fine. They're going to be just fine. There's the headline. Ed Han, colon, the Mets are going to be fine. Dot, 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 just fine. I like it. So, all right. I still well, think ex- they're gonna be, I still think they're a wild card team, but oh, you do. <laughs> uh, I do right. actually. I think the, who, I who think who the Braves are the division. You got the you got Braves, the Phillies. Who Braves? Braves. Braves. Ooh, but yeah, you know what? I don't know. Like I said on the podcast, like we had Alex Anthopoulos on, and I thought and I thought he was great. I love talking the extension stuff with him. He's he's a really smart guy. I think, you know, the fact that when he talked about, like, the lessons he learned from going through the Toronto stuff, that was good. But as I said, the fact that he likes uh, tomato uh, or ketchup-flavored potato chips is – is it made me question every single thing he did. Listen, if that's what it takes to sign some of those extensions, if he's having ketchup-flavored potato chips – Oh, that, oh get, you're saying like, they're luring him in? To- yeah, to lure them in, be like, oh, I'm I, I'm just eating these. Will you sign this $35 million seven-year extension, Ozzy? And then he does it. Or what was it that they gave Acuna, $100 million? Like, I don't, I don't know. know. It's 
it's it's it's pretty fantastic the team that they've been able to construct out of homegrown guys and yeah, you know they lose Freddie Freeman and replace him with Matt Olson like no nah, he trade he trade he, he, tra- he replaces a guy trade for a guy give him an extension and he go back and listen to that the way he talked about Strider was insane he's like I've never seen a pitcher like this is the GM saying I've never seen a pitcher like this this is why I signed him so early. And I mean, just some of the pitchers that they've developed, too. I mean, nobody's talking about Ian Anderson at, at this point, but I mean, he was the number three pick of the country, still only 24. He could come back, be a decent mid-rotation guy next year. And that's that's depth for them right now. Like, it's just a solid, it's, it's just such a it's such a well-constructed roster that they have. And, you know, the Phillies, I wouldn't sleep on them either. No, no. So I like it. So you, so you, so you said the Mets are third place team? I think they're going to be battling it out with the Phillies for second place. Right. I don't know who's going to win it, but at the deadline, I like Dombrowski at the deadline. Oh, yes. Who doesn't like a good Dombrowski at the deadline? Come on. So I love it. I love it. We're getting close. Ed, we're not that far away, man. What was the date today? It's just about, about about a month, like one month before these guys report. That's Truck nuts. coming up, man. That's great. Well, listen, we'll, 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 re, we'll reconvene. And we'll uh, and and maybe next week uh, Jorge Alfaro will have a home, and once he has a home, we will have him on and we will talk about his journey. So we look forward to that. Excellent job, Ed. Uh, you too, my friend. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of the Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field, and then I, uh, I look over at my dad, and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.